Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. This week, I want to talk about a concept that actually one of you guys really inspired me to speak on, which is how do you reconcile knowing what you should do in a situation, knowing the psychology behind your feelings, and not being able to change your feelings? Basically, when you know why somebody is a hurt locker, you know why you're upset, you know why a friend has this dynamic, but it's like your head gets it, but your heart and more importantly, your behavior just won't. It's very, very frustrating. And there's this layer of shame on top of it. Like, well, if I know what's going on, why can't I change it? Why can't I gain mastery about feelings that are very clear to me? But before we do, I would really appreciate it if this podcast or any of my videos or anything has helped you to pay it forward and donate to our new Shalanthropy fundraiser. It's a shalligator named Jerry Beth Silva. She lives in Venezuela and she goes into her own pocket to rescue dogs and cats. And you know how I am about dogs and cats. You know how I get. And she's trying to raise $6,000. She's about halfway there. Truly five or $10 in donations. It really can go a long way down there in that economy. And she's just such a big hearted girl. So if you can find it in your heart to maybe skip your latte today or even just give a little bit more, if that's possible, it would mean the world to me. The link is down there in the bio. Also, if you are feeling generous, but also a little horny, because who isn't? We're both of these things. And you want to get the scoop on my Alpha Academy Sexy Sessions tutorials, you can access all of them on the Chalantourage, which is our text-based community service community service. It makes it sound like we're all convicts. It's our text-based community. You get daily texts from me, exclusive videos, exclusive podcasts. Plus, like I said, you're going to get access to all of the Alpha Academy tutorials forever because they premiered on Moment House and they're only available to watch for a week. But this is a way you can do it. So if you go ahead and click the link in the show notes and use the code, you can save 25%. And like I said, you'll get access forever. So you can be a generous, warm-blooded bitch today. And you can also be a girl who knows what to do in the bedroom, honey, because we are both. We are big hearted and we got big appetites. Okay. So this topic, it was, like I said, it was inspired by one of you guys. I just got back from our Shalligator getaway to Mexico. And one of the chickadees on there, Teresa, hi, Miss Teresa, was like, this is the big question I have. Like, we are all, you know, all of us here who listen to this podcast. And even if you don't, you're just probably a pretty high level thinker and a high level sort of self-therapist. And we can break down the psychology of why we do what we do or why we feel what we feel, why we're attracted to certain people. We can get there. But what if it doesn't change how you feel? And that's kind of a horror moment when you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I spent all this time really digging deep, really being self-aware, looking things in the eye, being really honest with myself. And I was supposed to have some sort of, aha, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow moment where this gloom lifted and I feel better or I don't miss him anymore or I can make better choices and I can pick better people. Why isn't that happening? What the hell? I get it. 
Welcome to my entire life. Welcome to my entire career. I mean, I will take responsibility for this. I'm always telling us, you know, like, let's get to the root of why we're feeling the way we are and why we're acting the way we are. Is it based on like a childhood dynamic with our parents? Is a guy a hurt locker? Meaning we've sort of imprinted on him in a vulnerable point in our life. And he's sort of this emotional getaway car or he's someone we actually want to be. And we're like, yeah, okay, we're going to do that work. And we do do that work and nothing fucking changes. And it's like, wait a minute, wait, hold on. I was promised something. I was promised something. Listen, I think the answer is grace. We need to give ourselves a little bit of grace as high level as we are. And in many ways, we're like machines, right? We set goals, we make plans, we go towards them. We see a problem, we diagnose, we fix, right? We are high level people, high level thinkers and operators, but we aren't machines. We're not robots where we can just be like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way anymore. Bing. And I don't. That is not a realistic thing to expect from you or from anybody. Because I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, usually when I feel like I'm too emotional or something, I wish that I had been a sociopath or a psychopath. Like, well, they would be able to do this. You know, oh, they just move through life with no empathy. And I was thinking about these particular things because, listen, this shalligator, Teresa and I, we were talking about like guys we can't get over. And we know, we know intellectually that like someone who's going to ghost you is a bad person. Someone who is like not a good communicator is a bad fit for you. We know it. And yet we miss them and we cry and we don't understand and we want them back, you know? And I think like, if only I was a sociopath. No, <laughs> No, so much of the time, people like that with no empathy, they get more twisted on scenarios. They can't let anything go. Like they're going to follow someone home and kill them because they rejected them at a bar. Like they can't brush shit off, not by a long shot. So listen, if not even those people can, we can't either because we're the opposite of a sociopath or a psychopath with no empathy and, you know, no conscience. We're bad bitches and we're ruthless, but we're also lovers and we're feelers. You can't be as smart as we are and not feel things. So the answer, I think, is grace. And what I mean by that is just sort of a gentleness with yourself. Grace is one of those words that comes up a lot, like if you're religious, like the grace of God. I just have grace for how I'm feeling today. And I was always like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, it's like the word empowered. I just felt so empowered giving birth in my bathtub. I'm like, huh? First of all, it seems like an unsanitary mess. What a mess to clean up. How is that empowering? I just, I'm not saying it isn't. I just didn't really understand the definition of that word in particular. It seemed like one of those Band-Aid words that you slap on a situation to give something meaning that otherwise is either overwhelming or makes no fucking sense, Right? grace. I just, I have so much grace. It's the grace of the Lord. What do you, what? I have learned to sort of interpret grace as gentleness instead of judgment and criticism and impatience and a timeline. Grace to me skews as the opposite. I'm going to give someone grace for dealing with the fallout of getting fired from their job right? I'm going to give this person in front of me at Trader Joe's grace that they're having a fucking meltdown over the cauliflower gnocchi because maybe they're going through something pretty bad at home. 
okay? It means a little bit of elasticity. And we're taught to have plenty of grace with other people, aren't we? As women, it might not be called that term, but it's dressed up in other ways. Live, laugh, love, forgive and forget, right? Just be polite, keep sweet. Give everyone else a really wide berth. But are we taught to give that to ourselves? Some people are, they genuinely are. But I think women like us, achievers, no, no. Because achievement has timelines and achievement has exigency. It has a clock that is running down. You might only have three years to climb that corporate ladder. You might have maybe two solid months of great auditions for Broadway seasons or whatever it is. Like there are real timelines if you're chasing something very specific. You know, we can't act like behind every chance there's another and another and time goes on forever and youth is never ending and opportunities will just keep bubbling forth. It's an extravagant, foolish way to live your life. But we do need to employ it when it comes to our own emotions, okay? That's fine. If you're like, no, there's no grace for me like, not applying for law school for the next semester. Like, no, I need to like buckle down and fucking do this. You're right. You are absolutely right. There's no like, well, I'm gonna give myself grace that I've been hung over for six days in a row. It's grace, okay? No, it isn't. It's laziness. No, that's foolishness. But I want you to give yourself that room to breathe in terms of your emotions. I have been dealing, and I've talked about him ad nauseum, my Montana Hurt Locker. Yes, this shit again, of course. And if you're sick of hearing about it, brother, imagine how sick I am of feeling it. And it's one of those situations where almost from the beginning, I knew he was not the one for me. I knew. If I had been real with myself, and in quiet, small moments, I was, I don't know that I even enjoyed this person. I told myself I loved him, but I truly don't know if I liked him. Did I like his personality? Did I like his sense of humor? Did I like the way he treated me? I mean, absolutely not. He treated me like absolute trash. But I was so imprinted on this person. And the fact that slowly but surely I did come to that headspace of, I don't even like him. I'm like a dog chasing a car. What am I going to do if I catch it? What would I do truly if this dude turned around and was like, you are the love of my life? I'd be like, oh, well, um, about that, right? Aren't we like that sometimes? I mean, probably more than sometimes. Intellectually, I knew that. But could my heart feel that? Absolutely not. Oh my God, no, no. Every fight, I was undone. Every text he didn't respond to, spiral city. Like, I heard he was with some other girl. Oh, meltdown is too mild of a term. And even though my head was like, what the fuck? My heart wasn't getting it. And all I could feel was shame. So much shame. Because how else are you supposed to feel when you know something, but you don't act differently? What is that? It's cognitive dissonance, right? We talk about it all the time, where the circumstances does not match what's going on in your mind where what you're doing doesn't match what you know to be true, what you know to be true. 
I hate my job, but I've decided to work more hours. I'm answering my emails after 11 p.m. I hate this thing, right? That's cognitive dissonance. Um, I'm pregnant again, and I actually don't like being a mom as it is. So great, fucking cool. I know that this person is wrong for me, and yet I cannot change how I feel about him. Why? Because we're not machines, girl. It doesn't always work on the timeline we want. And again, the rest of our life might. Oh no, my life works on timelines. If there is something I want, I will go after it. I will create the timeline that works for me. I will publish a book when I want to. I will get this promotion. I will go on this trip. I will make this amount of money, right? But when it comes to these emotions, dating, it's just not that malleable. And again, we feel ashamed. Like if I truly was strong, I could just snap my fingers and I wouldn't feel like this anymore because I know I shouldn't. So why can't I just do that? You're not a robot, bitch. It's okay. You could reframe this. What if you could look at your head and your heart as two different parts of a process? Think about it like learning a new recipe, okay? You can look at the recipe on Pinterest, on paper, whatever it is, and you're like, okay, like, you know, two cups of tomatoes, blah, 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 and then you stew for a while. You also acknowledge that just because you read that recipe and you're like, I intellectually understand how this recipe is going to work, you don't know how to make that dish. You have to practice it. There's going to be trial and error. You're going to look back at the recipe and wait a minute, how am I supposed to, what is, what is, Put it in a proving drawer, supposed to mean, where the dough rises. Holy shit. Just because your brain can look at something and compute it doesn't mean it can execute it instantaneously on your timeline, flaw-free, right this minute. And you understand that. I intellectually understand how playing a guitar works. I've taken a lot of lessons. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is how we do it. And it, it translates here with the, with the notes and all this stuff. Can I play the guitar to save my life? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's like witchcraft. I don't understand people who can do it. And I went through a bit of shame. I'm like, but I conceptually get this. So why is this so difficult? Because it is. Because actually, that is how almost everything works. We think it doesn't. But when we get granular and when we examine things in our lives, it is. It is how everything works. If a recipe works that way, if a guitar works that way, we think a machine as complicated as our emotions with all these other factors doesn't, that somehow it's going to work more efficiently and more objectively? Absolutely not. So what if you flip the script on your emotions? What if instead of saying, I know that this guy is bad for me, so I shouldn't like him anymore. I'm so ashamed that I miss him and I want him back. What if you could say, no, 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 no. This is actually part of the process. This is part of the assembly line, right? Okay, it started with, I am acknowledging that there's flaws in this person. I'm acknowledging that there's flaws in this fit, in this dynamic, in this situation. And I'm also acknowledging, where priorly I haven't been, I'm acknowledging that there is going to be a gap between knowing it and feeling it. And that's okay. That's actually, that's not a bad thing. That's not the process breaking down. That is the process. Just like making croissants, I'm going to look at that recipe and I'm going to acknowledge 
that there's going to be a mess in the kitchen. There's going to be maybe me crying over some laminated dough. There's going to be some burnt edges. There's going to be gooey doughiness inside. There's going to be trial and error. But I know that every time I try to make croissants, which by the way, I don't recommend, they're incredibly difficult. I'm moving actually closer towards that mind behavior connection where I know the recipe and I know how to create it, right? I'm moving closer to that. I'm not actually moving farther away because that's what practice is. And practice makes what? Exactly. Perfect. So what if you could look at this like you were making a recipe, like you were learning to play the guitar, like you were tap dancing or something, and give yourself the grace of practice. Give yourself the grace of, hey, it takes 10,000 hours to make an expert. Okay, it's going to take me 200 hours. If you are really an analytical person and you got to get granular, it's going to take me 200 hours of practicing that mind-behavior connection inhabiting the mind space and being like, he's not good for me. He's a shitty person. He's got four DUIs. He's a deadbeat dad. Okay. And inhabiting the heart space where, yeah, no, I don't think I want that guy anymore. I don't think I do. It's going to take a certain amount of hours. But every time I practice, I'm moving actually closer. So how do we practice? Okay. Well, how do we practice making croissants or playing the guitar? We just do it we look back at the recipe. We look back at the methodology, right? We look back at the things that are wrong with this person, with this dynamic. We stay very, very clear in that. We write a list. He shit posts on Instagram. Everything on his grid is the cringiest gym selfie douche post I've ever seen. It gives me tingles. In the worst way, it gives me douche chills. I hate it. Okay, that's going on the list. Like he is weird in bed. He has terrible toenails, whatever it is, okay? That is your recipe. Think of that as your recipe. A list of all the reasons why this dynamic, this person doesn't actually work, okay? And just like the guitar, the croissants, you're gonna practice. You're gonna go back to that recipe. You're gonna look at it. You're gonna say, all right, all right, this is, okay, great. And you're going to give yourself that grace to try to experiment and to fail because it isn't failure. If you're actually moving towards, like we said, the mind-behavior connection, it's not failure, it's growth. You would look at fiddling with a recipe and setting the kitchen on fire one time. It's like, okay, well, now we know wax paper does not go in the oven, which by the way, it does not. <laughs> and I did. That was growth. That was a learning opportunity. It was a failure in the moment, but overall, I learned something. So I'm like, okay, that added up to something besides the fire department arriving. So we've got our recipe. We're going back to it. We're looking at it while pairing that with the grace and the elasticity to be like, hey, I'm going to be a little bit gentle with myself. And instead of shaming myself and scolding myself that like all my friends hate this guy and I know I should hate him, but I miss him and I think about him and I just, I just wish he was here with me again. Okay. That's all right. This is part of the process. You're kind of supposed to feel like that. Nobody has that logical awakening and is like, oh, <laughs> I guess I don't care anymore. That's not realistic. And people who say they do that, they're lying. I mean, they're lying. They're faking it. They're going home and Snapchatting him. It, they're lying. All right. Maybe they do have an awakening and it moves the needle a little bit. Maybe they go from like 30% hating him to 60% hating him, but they don't go from 30% to 100%. 
Almost never does that happen. Almost never. So also remember that you're comparing your feelings and your behaviors and your like gap between the mind behavior to something that doesn't actually exist. No one is doing this. Sociopaths aren't doing it. Lovers and empathizers aren't doing it. Nobody is doing this. So don't put that pressure on yourself that you need to adhere to a standard that actually is impossible and ridiculous. So I think one thing that's going to help is to lean in. Because what is cognitive dissonance, like we said? It's what I'm telling myself doesn't match what I'm doing. And therefore, I'm in this constant state of tension. So if I know I can't really change my behavior right now, I can't stop missing him. I can't stop all of these feelings. What if instead of shaming myself and coming from a place of, but you know he's so bad for you, what if you could come from a different place where it's, you know what, this is going to take a while. This is going to take a while. He's bad for me, but right now in this moment, I don't care. I just miss him. And that feels a little dangerous. It feels like, yikes, I'm going to fall into this and I'm never going to be able to get out because listen, I'm telling myself, it's okay, I love him. No, what you're actually doing is you're tricking your brain into getting rid of that cognitive dissonance because now everything adds up. Everything makes sense to your brain, what you're feeling and what you're doing. It's like, oh, okay, no, I love him. So that's why I'm like driving by his house and like letting him come over. Okay, okay. But when you can give yourself that little bit of room, logic is allowed to creep in because now the fire is out in your mind. Your brain isn't constantly laboring under this cognitive dissonance. So it can stop and be like, oh, yeah, I saw what he posted. Yikes. Damn, what a, what a cringe lord. Ugh. But that's okay because like I love him, right? I, yeah, no, I, I do. That's how I feel. I'm telling you, it doesn't seem like this works, but it does. I recently went through a breakup with someone I was extremely twisted on. And instead of being like, he's not that great. He's not that great. He was. Like, he was. He was amazing and incredible. I tell myself, no, like, I'm going to be in love with this person for a very long time. I am. And I don't know that I'm going to find someone different. And I am just going to sit in that feeling rather than lie to myself and gaslight myself and shame myself and be like, oh, you don't even care. You don't care. You're over it. No, the fuck I'm not. I'm not over it. So, all right. What if I gave myself that grace to be like, you know what, girl? This is going to take a while. This is going to take a while. I'm maybe going to need those 10,000 hours of expert level mastery to gain control over these feelings. Hmm. And you know what? I felt a little bit better. Still sad, but in a different way. In a way that felt like, grief rather than confusion, if that makes sense. You know, it's the difference of, well, they're on life support and we don't know if they're going to wake up and I'm at the hospital bed and what's going to happen, what's going to happen versus it's over and we're planning the funeral. You know, that's a really dark example. I'm so sorry. But one is fraught and I don't understand why. And the other one is I have to move through this with some modicum of acceptance and I can kind of mourn it and I can process it. 
our minds can process grief and loss, it can't process, I don't understand. It can't process that sort of middle ground purgatory. It's not going one way or the other. So the next time you're shaming yourself and going around and around thinking, why do I feel like this? Why I shouldn't? Stop. Stop. Your croissants aren't going to be perfect the first time. You're not going to play the Hollywood Bowl the second time you pick up a guitar. You understand this. You do. You understand the time, the elasticity, the practice, and the grace. You already employ this method in so many other categories of your life. Don't tell yourself that this one is wildly different. It isn't. It's the most adherent to this process. It is the most crystallized example of, hey, I have to practice feeling this way. I have to practice knowing that this person ultimately isn't a good fit for me. I have to give myself the room and the time to practice. And that's okay. I give it to other people. I give it to other categories in my life. I'm going to give it to myself in this aspect. And I'm going to take away the shame. Because look, we talk a lot about the difference between pain and suffering. Pain is the thing you're going through. It's the loss. It's the breakup. It's the event. Suffering is the story you tell yourself about the loss. The pain is, he ghosted me. The suffering is, he ghosted me because I'm not good enough, because I'm not thin enough, because there's some other chick who's better. Blah, 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 blah. That's the suffering. And in this scenario, we think that if we can like get to the psychological root of why, 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 then again, like there's that pot of gold, like, oh, it's going to be this abyss of anesthesia where we don't feel bad anymore. And that's not the case. That's not the case. Sometimes it's actually the opposite. So we're going to take that suffering story off of there. We're going to take the story off of the discovery. Hey, yeah, I'm going to get to the root of why I feel this way, but I am no longer going to apply this false story that once I do figure it out, everything is going to be different. Because that's not true. It's like saying, well, once I read this recipe, I'm just automatically going to be a French pastry chef. That's ridiculous. That's literally what a child would think, right? That's what a child or a simpleton would think. I just need to read this and I'm a fireman. Okay, no, you're not. You understand it's going to take some time. So remove this expectation from the discovery that that is the final boss you have to beat and everything changes. No, look at it instead as simply actually the beginning. It's not the end where everything makes sense now and you don't feel bad and you don't miss him and it's fine. It's fine. No. This is the starting point. The unraveling, the understanding your emotion isn't where it stops. It's where it starts. It's where the practice now begins. You've read the recipe. Okay, now we go into practice mode. And soon we're going to gain mastery. But there is some time and there is some actions between those two points. And that is, in fact, the way it should be. That's not you failing as a person. That's not you being weak and stupid and just so bamboozled by this idiot man. This is you understanding the process of mastery over your emotions. 
I hope you guys have liked this episode. If you have, rating and reviewing this podcast means a whole lot to me. And like I said, if you have five or ten dollars or five thousand or ten thousand dollars to spare for one of our own who's been helping some dogs and cats in Venezuela, the link is in the show notes. It would mean the world to me. Also, if you want to watch the Alpha Academy Sexy Session tutorial, go ahead and join the Chalantrage. The link is also down in the bio. And you can get some exclusive videos from me, chat with me, like basically all day long, because you guys are my best friends on our different television. Telegram groups and connect with some other wonderful girls around the world. I'll see you later, Shalligators. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shalandlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shalandxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. <laughs> <laughs>